the Johns, the Epistles of Johns. Today we're going to be in the Epistles of Johns, and there are three Epistles of Johns. Um, I guess as we begin this, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer before we go any further, though. Our Father, thank you for this wonderful blessing you have given us that uh, just gathering here that we may uh, be centered on your word. Lord, help us to dig deep into your word and in this time, it, manner that we may have a firm foundation so that when we dig deeper, we have a base to dive in on. And we're not on solid, uh, loose ground, but we're on solid ground. And we praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, the Epistles of John, how many are there? Three. Yep, I'm seeing you're paying attention. Uh, who wrote the, gospel, the Epistles of John? Well, traditionally, it's the same guy who wrote the Epistle of John. However, none of these say John wrote this. These are all anonymous. Go back and read it. Um, they don't have like, hey, this is John, the beloved. Star. But it's tradition um, that John wrote these. And, um, and we're going to treat them as such. Though if you are reading commentaries, you will always find that guy who doesn't believe John wrote them. So we'll just throw that out there. Um, Tradition holds that the same guy who wrote John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. So, uh, of course, I was just listening to a guy the other day that thought that John did not write Revelation. So, um, so you know, like I said, these, 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 these epistles, they didn't, they didn't have the same kind of etiquettes we have. And remember, these were orally transmitted by someone trained by the person who wrote them to give them. So it would have been like they would be able to tell you this is from this person, even though they didn't write it in there. And um, so we miss out on some of that. First John, this is the first one. Um, how many of you guys like First John? You guys read it? Yeah. What's it, what's your favorite section of First John? We'll ask us an easier question. Why did? Why was this letter written? actually tells us let's go to chapter 2 verse 12 chapter 2 verse 12 that's why I say it's an easy question he tells us I write to you dear children because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name I write to you fathers because you have known him 
who is test who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome evil one. So this isn't like a book to, to evangelize. This is a book written to those who believe as an encouragement for the believer. Now, if this was John, the gospel writer of John, remember what he's going through. He's the last of the, the gospel writers, meaning he's living through the, one of the worst periods of Christian uh, uh, tribulation up to that time, probably under Nero. He's seen Peter killed. He's seen Paul killed. He himself is about to be, if it's the same person, is about to be, um, tradition holds, put in boiling oil and survive that and banished to an island. He's under a time of persecution, so he's writing this. Many of the same ways we saw some of those other letters. In a time of persecution, I write to encourage not everyone else just you guys so he's writing this so that they may know the full so they may have joy and their joy may be in the full knowledge uh, that jesus is the son of god in flesh that they're standing true for the truth all right so we have a brief outline um That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which is we have seen which are with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have, have touched and we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testified to it. And we have proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was what the Father has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard and that you also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father, and this, the Son of Christ, we write to you, uh, write this to make our joy complete. Um, doesn't that sound kind of like First John, uh, John 1, 1, John 1? Kind of has that same kind of feel. That's why, why he gets attested to this stuff, is because it has that same kind of feel to it, and so he uses the same kind of language, and uh, though I don't know this, I'm told it uses the same kind of Greek. Um, I've taken a little bit of Greek, but not that much Greek to be able to say, oh, this is the same kind of Greek as that kind of Greek. Nah, that's beyond me. But um, that's what I'm told. Um, I mean, and he continues on. This is the message we have heard for him declares to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. If we claim to, uh, claim we have uh, not sinned, 
we make him out to be a liar and his word is no place in our lives. I remember being in youth group um, all those moons ago and I remember uh, this having an impact on my life as I was wrestling with the idea of sin in our lives. Because, uh, you know, some of my friends were, if you sin at all, you're not a Christian. And some of them, we can't, well, we can't not sin, so why not, why try to stop sin? And so this passage right here was influential on me as I was trying to develop my theology and what I believe, that Jesus is the Son and purifies us from that sin. And if we claim not to be sinful, then we're liars. Because we do sin. But we strive not to sin because we walk in the lightness of his light. And so, there's, so that was really influential on me as I was growing uh, up and, and trying to decide how to live life. Um, so he's going to continue on with this idea that God is, um, that fellowship with God is based on truth and love. And that he's, he's going to really... All the way through 517 is all about, so this is all that goes through 5-4, this, this slide. I don't, don't know if I got, the, I didn't get the next picture on there, but that's okay. Um, that takes us almost to the end of the book with just, it, it's all about walking in truth and love. And that's the focus of this book. Uh, so that, the, uh, that they... Um, so if you sin, you need to be cleansed, then your fellowship be restored. And to remind them to love one another. Warning them to... Um, warning them about those who will lead them astray and uh, assuring them that their victory is in Christ. And so be sure of your salvation. I mean, that's... It's, it's, it's really assurance of our salvation is what this book is about. That's one of the reasons it's one of my personal favorite short go- uh, books of the Bible in the New Testament. Um, he'll talk about being in the light, uh, what it means to be in the light. You know, if a man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and truth is not in him. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 9, if anyone claims to be in the light but hates his brother, is still in the darkness. Uh, now, there is an interesting section in chapter 2, where does it start? 18, chapter 2, 18. My dear children, this is the last hour and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know that this is the last hour. They who are sent out from us, but yet they did not really belong to us. For they, if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed us that, that none of them belong to us. Now what's an Antichrist? What's that? Yeah. 
Well, he says here, he says, you have heard that the, that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrist. So what is an Antichrist? I'm here, Carmela, saying something I can't hear you. Anyone against Christ. Anyone who, who has come up against Christ. And these people were actually, what he was referring to here are people that have left the Christian faith and now have turned away. Probably um, very well may even be Jewish people that have gone back to being Jew- Jewish and left, stopped believing him as the Messiah. Uh, that you've heard this, or maybe Greek people or, or Romans, but um, he says, you know, these are anyone who's against Christ. Antichrist means just that, against Christ. And so anyone, so. And there are many antichrists. And sometimes antichrists, well, you know, we're looking, for, a lot of times we get caught up looking for the antichrist, the antichrist. Who's going to be the antichrist? Well, you know, it's Trump or Biden or whoever, whichever side you're on, it's the other one. Um, but um, it's really anyone. You know, just as Jesus, you know, called Peter. Satan, the adversary. He wasn't saying, hey, you're, you're the devil. He was saying, you're my adversary. You're the Savior. You get behind me because you're tempting me. You know, anyone can be an antichrist because they're working against the will of Christ. And so it can be someone who bears the name Jesus in their title. You know, they're, you know someone, a preacher on TV or uh, you know, or, or, you know, it doesn't have to be the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the least of our words. It's all the Antichrists that are among us that we need to be watching out for. The end of times will happen when it happens, if it happens. Let that, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up looking for that, waiting for that. That'll happen if it happens, when it happens. Don't worry about it. It's what's happening now that's much more important in our own lives. You know, the, the Antichrist among us. Much more important. And so that's why he says, you know, you know, um, we've heard it said the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. He says, you've heard it said that the Antichrist is coming. But I tell you, there's lots of Antichrist out there. And that's more important that we deal with them, that we talk about that. They will come from us, out of us. He says, but you have had the anointing from the Holy One, and all you know is the truth. I do not write this because you do not know the truth, but because you do know, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? Is it the man who denies Jesus is Christ? Such a man is, is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Uh, has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that you ha- that you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and the f- and in the Father. And this is what He has promised. Yet even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about who, those who are trying to lead you astray. 
For you, the anointing you already received from the remains in you, do not need anyone else to teach you. Do not anyone to teach you, but as he anoints, anointing teaching you about all things, as anointing is real, not counterfeit. Yet, just as um, just it has taught you, remains in you. So this idea. So he, you know, he's very. He's you know, don't worry. He, I, I feel like he's saying. You know, let's let's not worry about the Antichrist. There's already Antichrist among you. And um, so don't let anyone leave you straight. He's going to repeat this several times. Be children of God. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. Um, he who does what is is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appears was to destroy the devil's work. Uh, the adversary, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed is, remains in him. So you see that just position? This is one of the reasons it was uh, such an influential book when I was growing up is you have that we're all sin. If you say you're not a sinner, then you're a liar. But yet no one who continues to sin is of God. And so there's that, that, that conflict that's always in this book. And it's uh, as we wrestle with, you know, how we have to become sinless. And though we are sinful and we will continue to sin because we are fallen, but we're to strive to be. And so, I, I, like I said, I love this book. Um, so, anyways, love one another. Um, we know that what love is, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. I like how he, he defines what love is. Um, in the Roman world, just like today, love is one of those words that was thrown around. And you had different words for love. And, and he wants to throw down what, what, what he's talking about when he says love. Love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brother. If one sees his brother is in need but has no pity on him, how can he love of God be in him? Now this passage will get misused by some people like you're not allowed to have things because there's need out there or that you must give me things. Um, I was reading a story of a store clerk actually who a woman scanned her her EBT card, and it didn't work, and she scanned it multiple times, didn't work, and so she tried putting back a few things, didn't work. Well, the, the lady behind her just said, well, you know what, just let me pay for you, and, and paid for it, and what a love of God that was. And then the lady behind her said, well, you love people so much, you pay for me too. And she said, no, I'm not paying for you. Well, you, you have to pay for me. Anyways, the other lady got thrown out of the store because it's not fair and she was thrown out uh, but um, as the two that had already had their stuff just were trying to leave because um, this, this, these kind of passages get misused right well you have to if you love me this is what it looks like you will give me everything you have because I want that's not what that's talking about it's saying if you see a brother in need and you can do something about it do something about it but it doesn't say you need to be in the same place he is because he, you gave him everything and put yourself in the poorhouse. 
It's not saying that, but it is saying you need to be, and, and this isn't socialism. Some people say it's socialism, but it's not. Socialism is where you give everything to the government and the government splits it up. Jesus doesn't even mention the government except to pay your taxes. It was the body of believers taking care of each other. So, we as believers, we believe in taking care of each other. And we need to show that as we take care of each other. But we don't need the government in there doing That's not what it's preaching. Uh, the Bible gets used for socialism all the time. That's not what it's preaching. It doesn't really talk about capitalism either. Um, just before you start going Republican on me. It doesn't talk about that either. Um, Jesus doesn't talk about the government except to pay your taxes. Um, he's talking about, he's like the Roman government is, he talks about loving your neighbor as yourself, uh, helping out the poor among you, uh, loving, you know, the, uh, you know, showing mercy, speaking truth, you know, so it's, it's, um, Yeah. I hate what American Christianity has done to the Bible. I'm just going to throw that out there. Because <laughs> um, uh, I really do believe there's, a, there's, there's Americans that are Christians and they're a wonderful body of believers, and then there's also people that worship American Christianity, which is a false religion. Um, just bears the name Christianity. And... Um, Yeah, but he says, I mean, and some of that's because they're not doing what this says here in, in chapter four, right? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit and see what they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Everyone, every spirit that is acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is of God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is is not from God. The spirits have this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have already heard is coming, even in, is in the world already. Um, you know, test the spirits if it's of Jesus. And I'm not just saying it uses the word Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. There were lots of people named Jesus. Um, it's, it's about um, acknowledging Jesus as God and, and, and recognizing what he's teaching and it has taught. Um, and there's lots of people out there that, you know, I, I think we've had like one non-Christian president, or have we had any yet? Uh, we had one Catholic president. That was a big throw, uh, you know, when JFK. Um, that was a big, big deal. Um, you know, uh, you know, we need to test even them. You know, we, Jesus does not say, we need to pray for the Roman government that a Christian leader will come into power. That's not what he says. He said, love your neighbor as yourself and pray for those who hate you and persecute you. Um, anyways. First um, John. Since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
Anyway, there's a lot of wonderful passages in here. I could do all unnoters in this one. But um, um, he concludes his remarks um, um, asking that we pray for one another. That when we we see, well, let's just read a little bit of it. He says, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those who sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoings is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Anyone who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil will continue to harm him. We know that we are children of God, and the whole world is under his control of evil. We know that also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may, uh, we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. Even the Son of Jesus Christ, He is the true God in eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. He kind of throws that in there, right? Oh, yeah. Keep yourself from idols. The end. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, it kind of does feel like a P.S. to me. Um, but, um, you know, but what he's really saying is, you know, um, Keep yourself away from those things that lead your way, those antichrists, those idols, those, you know, whatever they may be, that we may say true to him. Um, so whoever his audience is. Let's go to Second John. Do you know this is the shortest writing in the New Testament? Um, if you ever want to memorize the book of the Bible, there you go. Exactly. Um, one chapter long we don't even divide it up into chapters it's um, 13 verses uh, verses 1 through 3 are a greeting the elder whoever the elder is um, traditionally John the beloved of Jesus once again it just says the elder it does not say John uh, the elder, to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only, but also all who know the truth, because the truth who lives in us will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. Uh, chosen lady. Um, this is um, probably literally, okay, so we can take this two different ways, and people have done this over history. They've taken it two different ways. One is the, the more literal meaning, and one's the more allegorical meaning. Uh, the more literal meaning is that a woman who has allowed the church to meet in her house. 
This is not uncommon in the uh, New Testament time. We see lots of examples of this where women are the ones hosting the, ch the church body in their house. And so if you take it literally, there's a woman who has allowed the church to meet in her house. Allegorically, um, then who would be the lady? What's an allegory? Tell me what an allegory is first. Before I use that word like you guys know what it is. What's an allegory? Well, what is an allegory? Though? What's, let's, let's go back just one step. What's, what is an allegory? Kind of like a parable, story. All right, you guys have phones. Look it up real quick. I can see it. Look it up. Let's make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> What's it say? Okay, so the key point is that it's, a, it's writing with a hidden meaning to give us some kind of meaning, often political or religious. Or Allegorically, you could say that the, the dear lady, the chosen lady is, would be um, the church and all the children are her believers. So different time and, and throughout history, people have said, well, this is a woman who's meaning he's writing it to the woman, the chosen woman, and everyone who's there. Or you say, well, he's referring to the church and all the believers. Depends on how you look at these things. Um, of course... How you choose to look at it is going to make a big difference on how you interpret some of the, the whole Bible tends to, to have these kind of questions. So, um, so he says, you know, so he, and this message is similar to, to 1 John. Um, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in truth just as the Father commands us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new commandment, but one you have known from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. This is that, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to the commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ are as coming in the flesh, have gone out into the world. Now, First John calls those what? Antichrist. Very good. As any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead does not continue in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. 
Anyone who welcomes him shares his wicked work. I have money much writing to you in this paper. So don't listen to false teachers. Reject them, even reject them from your house. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I tend to look at this as he's writing to a lady. Um, I tend to look at things a little more literally, but if you want to go allegorically, that's fine. And it's been an acknowledged tradition throughout church history. Um, but don't even, um, don't even, you know, don't even let these people in. You know, those who reject Christ, you know, base your meetings together on truth. Um, you know, that brings us to, uh, you know, when we go to church, uh, the church building, we gather as church, you know, we're gathering together with people we normally wouldn't. We're brought together by the church. And uh, it's focused on the truth. So when we start introducing false teachers into that, and it's always the people that have no idea about theology, yeah, trust me, they're always the first one to say, I want to preach, I need to say something. Um, they're always the first ones that, that want to jump up. Um, but, um, you know, we're brought together by truth. So if we're brought together by the truth and you start having anti-truth and lies in there, what's it going to do to the group? Destroy it, split it up. So, um, and I'm going to argue that's what has happened all the way through church history, that no one church is right, but it's happened throughout church history. We've been split up because false teachers have worked their way in on all denominations. I'm not going to pick on any of them. All of them have had false teachers uh, in their midst. Um, so, um, yeah, I have much to write to you because I do not... Uh, want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. These children of yours, chosen, uh, the children of your chosen sister sends their greeting. Uh, so he's, he's, he's out of paper. And I remember, paper's expensive, ink's expensive. He may have just been out of money. <laughs> So I'm not going to write anymore. I'm going to come visit you. Which is always better anyways, right? All right. Third John. Um, there we go. Now this one's written by the elder to... Um, a couple of different people. Um, to my dear friend uh, Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Now, Gaius would have been a convert of John. Um, he, in this letter, is commended for being faithful and walking in the truth and showing hospitality. So he might have been someone who uh, had, that John has come and stayed with during his travels. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and all that goes with you, 
even as your soul is getting along well, it sounds a little less formulaic here. He sounds like he's just writing to his friend, right? Dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health. You know, he's, just, you know, he's not writing to everyone. He's writing to Gaius. This is a letter he wrote to him. Um, and I hope you're doing well. It gives me great joy that I have, that I, that to have some brothers come and tell you about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Um, probably not a literal child, though I guess it could be. It's probably someone, a disciple of his. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brother. Uh, for the brothers, even though they are strange to you, they have told the church about your love and will do well to send them on their way in manner worthy of God. So he's, hosti- he's, he's, he's let them stay at his house. He's, he's, he's been hospitable. He's, he's fed them. It was for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans. We ought to therefore show hospitality to such men so that we may walk together work together for the truth i wrote to the church but uh Trifus, who loves to be first will have nothing to do with us um diotrephus is um is is you being used here as the opposite of 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 uh gaius he refuses to help other Christian workers. Uh, we're going to see he's a gossiper. He rejects the advice. He expels Christians that are uh, seeking help in laboring for the true gospel. He does, you know, he's 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 the opposite. So we're seeing him as the the opposite here. Um, so we're, as we read this, we we get to see good and bad, and we get to kind of. And our our struggle here is not just to read this, but to to say, how can we apply the 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 good to our lives? What does that mean, uh, not just literally, but in the spirit of this? What is this being said to us in our current situation? And what does it mean for the bad? You know, what are some things that we can rid of our lives? We don't want to be like um, Diatretus. Um, yeah, so if I come to you, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping uh, maliciously about us, not satisfying with the, that he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who, who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Everyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Repeating the same message that he's already, we've already seen him repeat um, in the other Johns. Um, Dem- uh, uh, Diatrice, no, we don't. That's what we know about him. This is what we know about him. He's a gospel and he's stopping people from doing the work of God. Yep, he's stopping people from doing that. He's prideful. But we don't know anything else about it. We don't know his actions. We don't know. But we can put ourselves in this. You know, how do we seek to control 
the workings of the church? How do, can we, you know, do we seek for our own, you know, we do the work of God. Are we in it for our own works? Or are we doing it for, are we for our own pride? Or are we in it for God? You know, this is something we have to ask. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't say him. He's, like, he, he's gossiping maliciously. He doesn't love first. So it seems like he might be, but he doesn't call him an antichrist. Um, so, but he doesn't, so it does say that he's, um, um, what does it say? He's refusing welcome brothers. He stops those who does not, uh, want to to do so and puts them out of the church. So he's putting people out of the church that want to do what he doesn't want to do. Okay. Uh, so probably we could put him in the Antichrist uh, um, category because he's the opposite of what Christ would have wanted. Um, but here again, he probably is not someone who's claiming to be anti-Christ. He's probably claiming Christ. He's in the church. He's in the church. So he's claimed, so we could probably put him in the Antichrist category because he's against Christ's works, but he's not, but he's claiming to be in the church. Absolutely. But, so, um, so, he sure does. He has a problem with missionaries. Which, you know, we have to be careful with missionaries. I, we get people come in here all the time and want to preach to you guys, and I don't let most of them, you know, any of them preach. <laughs> but it seems like all the time we get someone who wants to come and preach to you guys. Um, You, you can pick on Gary. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe just doing something different than you want him to do. Working different. And that's and it sounds like that's what's going on here. He's he's gossiping, um, probably about other church members. Other people in the group uh, saying things that, that you know, those things, even though we may think, so, you know, no one's listening. Other people, the pagans, as he puts it here, or as, well, as it's translated here, are listening. And... Uh, yeah. Oh, that you can't gossip? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, those are... You can't actually enforce those. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it does make you, you think about it, and we should uh, we should think about that. And most people don't realize they're gossiping when they're gossiping. Um, a lot of times we don't realize we're gossiping until we, you know, someone points it out to us. Hey, you know, that's gossip. Um, then he goes on Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth himself we also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true so um, 
embodiment of good. Now, what is the correlation between uh, Gaius and Diotretes and Demetrius? They're probably all from the same group. Um, you know, body of believers, in, you know, in the same area. It doesn't really clarify, like, why he's jumping from one person to the other. Um. <laughs> uh, well, they may not, uh, you know, uh, Diatritus may have uh, a, a good, solid foundation of a uh, group around him that, uh, that, you know, that like him and, you know, are gaining power by him. The church, every time there's a center, a, a position of power, people will want to claim it. And then people that are weaker than them will gather to that power in hopes that they'll get their own power. No, you're not missing something. We're, we're all missing something. There is a lot here we don't know. Because we don't have what caused him to write this letter in the first place other than someone brought good news of uh, Gaius and probably bad news of Diotrephes and probably good news of Demetrius. And so whoever came and saw him from this area said, let me tell you, what's, you know, let me see what's going on about, you know, my, you know Gaius. Oh, yeah, we're having trouble with Demetrius. And, oh, yeah, and John says, what about... Uh, Demetrius, you know, something like that. You know, we're missing that whole side of the conversation. So it's not just you. We are missing quite a bit. <laughs> um, you're like, I don't know why he's teaming these three together. I mean, the first two, kind of like, well, you got this juxtaposition going on, which is kind of nice because you see the good, the bad, and then you have this third who is the embodiment of good and uh, not a troublemaker, and you're like, yay, I guess. <laughs> So you're right, and, and, and we don't know what's going on. We really don't. We're missing a lot of this story. Uh, and he ends by saying, you know, um, I have much to write to you. And you're, uh, we're, we're in our modern times reading this going, well, please write it down so we can hear it too. Because uh, there's a lot I, I'm curious about here. Um, he says, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink, just like he said to the the uh, the chosen lady. I'll send to you soon, and we will. I hope to see you soon, and we'll talk face to face. You know that is fantastic. I'm so thrilled for you guys. They get to talk face to face, but we miss out on that. I was actually reading a historian the other day who was doing some work on uh, people about the time of the American Revolution. And he says, you know, it's, it's fantastic when they're away from each other because we get to have all these letters that are to these journal writings that are talking about. And then they get together and we have these big gaps of silence because none of them are telling each other what's going on. <laughs> uh, because they're not writing to each other. So, uh, and, and I feel like that with Third John. You're like, John, I'm glad you get to see them, but I feel like we need some more information here. Um, so we have this, this wonderful passage that uh, 
be like uh, um, be like Demetrius or like Gaius. Don't be like Diotrephes. That's what we could take away from this. Uh, be like these people. Don't be like these people. And that's probably why it's lasted all these years is because we can say that. I think if we couldn't say that, we would people would have gotten rid of it from the, the scriptures altogether. Because remember, this was formulated after they was written. Put this together. Um, uh, how do we divide it up? Because we divided it up later. So what is that, 14? Sometimes 15? Yeah, the... Uh, peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greetings, the friends by uh, friends there by name. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be. Yeah, but remember that all the um, divisions were all put in there much later. Um, as we were trying to make it easier for us to go to certain passages. All right. Well, we've got one more week left in New Testament. Um, Book of Revelation. We're going to do it in one day. Uh, Yes, we could go on. But you know why I'm not going to go more than one day? Because David has already done a wonderful class, and you can go find him, and he'll gladly tell you all about it for weeks on, on end. Uh, because that's his book. I love David, but that's his book. Every conversation goes back to Revelation. Um, and that's okay. We need people like that. Uh, but uh, it's... Uh, Actually, one of, probably my least favorite book of the New Testament. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm, I'm jaded by all the people that are uh, too focused on it. Um, you know. I have some experiences with that one. Uh, but anyways, so that's next week. Um, I was going to do the Jehovah Witnesses. After after Revelation, because they were requested by the family that used to sit here, but I haven't seen them to tell them to make sure because they requested it. So I don't want to do it without them, because they're the ones who requested it. So if you see them, find out if they're going to be coming back so I can uh, uh, do it while they're here. If they're not here, we'll just go on to uh, the early church. The, the early church. And church history. Uh, yeah, I know their names. Um, I don't want to say it right now over the the microphone because it's uh, it's going out over the internet. <laughs> okay. Um, but let's um, let's pray and be and and, and close for the night. Uh, Yahweh and I, our Father, we wish praise you for today. We, we thank you for this wonderful, um, this blessing of just gathering here. We, we thank you for this opportunity just to, to be together in this and uh, pray that we, we do do our own studies and we do dive further into this and that we 
just take joy in your scriptures. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.